Okay. So, okay, um, so let me ask you first, how is your pelvic floor and incontinence? Uh, so it has basically in the last, basically since I've been here um, for the past month and a half, there have been no accidents. There ha even, I'll tell you what, even know what else has changed? The initiation to sneeze used to bring up this like anxiety, like cross my legs. And now I don't even need to do that. Now I, that doesn't come. And, and awesome. so it's, it's, and what I really think again, this, this idea of the xiphoid, the xiphoid was locked down into this locked position. So if it's already locked down and I sneeze, I'm only going to press down. But when I am able to release and I sneeze, now I can go back to that position I was locked in. So I've gained more space. Similarly, if I, again, balloon, pee hole, if my ribs are clamped down, there is nowhere for that to go but down. If my ribs, however, unclamp and I create space, now the direction of air can wrap around and go widthwise. And there's also room in this upper half. You know, this is so interesting because I had one uh, client and I couldn't figure it out. I give the breathing and all like I give the other exercise, all the other song. She just, you know, uh, you know, uh, like uh, leaks after she pees, and then cannot figure it out. Mine, and then, like I talked to a friend, and she she told me that did you check her thoracal um, mobilization? And I'm like, no, but yeah, I remember it seemed like it was like you know, like not mobile. I remember, and then I give her. Uh, thoracal mobilization exercises and then it worked out mm -hmm. and and I, I would agree it's certainly those mobilizations um, would be helpful but beyond that layer the ability for your normal to be open so not an exercise your rest is open because yeah. yes we we need to know where to go but if I, you know, if I do all these exercises and then my finish is still here, those exercises have not changed my rest general position. So, so instead of necessarily a thing, if it was using a thing to kind of prop me open, I need to know how to exist without the thing. And so generally speaking, people mobilize the thoracic back with something behind you and you, you lay on top. But the bigger piece for me was using the frontal space to open. So instead of my rest position being relaxed abs where my ribs fall over the top, now my resting position is open abs. It's, and it isn't just, it isn't, it isn't a reverse crunch where like, huh, but my rest my rest has opened and lengthened that position. This is on, but not tense. It's on, but not working. Yeah. So, uh, so you used to, you know, like contract your abs the whole time. I, I think, uh, 
you realize. Right. And I wouldn't say I wouldn't say contract, but my rest default looked like contraction. So all this is here, okay. this rounding is my rib cage falling and my abs being dead. Now I could crunch in this position and contract them, but what I needed was the rest to be open. And part of that is the okay. sit bones. So if I if you consider that um, if I'm sitting on the ground or standing, I push down on my sit bones and my ribs can release if this is relaxed, because this tends to safety wise, this tends to latch on and, and stay latched on. And again, you don't know what you don't know. But as soon as I was like, oh, like as soon as I was able to let go of this point where the ribs split, now there was space created, just like the balloon. Now there was options and opportunity, whereas staying locked down, it only had one place to go. That's awesome. It's yeah. awesome how you, you know, like it, it's nice to have like uh, uh, someone who has this much of body awareness because usually I would have to realize these things, mm -hmm. uh, you know, uh, on my patients so that I can, you know, like, give feedback and do you realize that you are holding this part down and like this and that and it really every time it's different mm -hmm. so like if you if you would be my client and you didn't have this body awareness I it would probably take us many more mm -hmm. sessions to fix this thing you know yeah. like it was just one you know like one thing and then you did the rest by yeah. that's yeah. the favorite you know like take the work with ever mm -hmm. <laughs> agreed like again give them one one thing and let them get into it ideally a lot of times people don't they don't they're not into that kind of problem solving they're not into the they're like nope tell me what to do which which leads me kind of back um, real quickly to our uh, original session where you were like, when I was doing the rolling and you're like, you're actually moving really well, but yeah. I still had the issue. So that tells me again, this idea of exercise versus rest, where in the exercise, I knew how to open, but I didn't know how to adjust my resting position. So I could do the exercises uh, because I, I, I could pay attention. I paid attention to motion. What I started doing maybe the last two, three months is paying attention to rest. And that simple, and again, even just sitting here, the pressing down on this driving, everything, pressing down on the sit bones to allow that xiphoid to relax up, changed everything. And it was this gradual process, but now anything upper body, moving wise, uh, I now, instead of just my pelvis is my steering wheel, which it was, like now I have two steering wheels. And, and if you imagine a car having two steering wheels, right, the, uh, the ability, everything is new. Everything you thought you knew was different. And so, <laughs> and so to go into that and be like, oh, my gosh, this is instead of uh, instead of neglecting all the old revisit, revisit with this new body and this new awareness, all those things that were difficult and see how it's changed. And this is that bigger idea you were talking about of test retest, right? Sometimes yeah. it's in session, but I like it to be weeks and months apart. So I'm not paying attention at the test. I'm doing all this other stuff 
And then I randomly come back to the test and I'm like, oh. Exactly. So is, it, is it the learning or is it the test that we're catering to? And that's, you know, if I was, most students are like, I just need to know what's on the test. I was like, oh, oh there's, there's all this stuff to learn and think about. And exactly. And you, you know, like teach me too, because when I was working with that client, I was only thinking about the spine, the thoracic. Okay, the thoracic it wasn't moving well, so that was the issue. But then now you bring in the cyphoid. Now I'm thinking differently, you know, like because there is an EMG study actually shows that the people who had uh, incontinence they uh, they have uh, overactive abdominal muscles, especially the uh, oblique externus, which is the muscle that is brings in the xiphoid, you know, like that's. Yep. Yep. Who knew? Who knew there was science? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> and that, that's the beauty. That's like unbelievable. It, it's the beauty <laughs> of, the, of the anecdote and the understanding to match the science versus people just looking at the science because again, the science came from a question, right? So are you gonna be behind the science following it or could you perhaps take an idea and leapfrog it and do your own experiments? And so um, I, hope, I hope this is helpful and effective to everyone. Um, uh, again, their how is going to be different, but it, hopefully it's certainly a piece at least again to, to point attention to and be like, what about there? Yeah, because the, the other issue with the, you know, woman health physio or pelvic health physio, uh, uh, if, you, if you talk about in terms of the incontinence, everything is about the pelvic floor, you know, like, it's like the power, we need to strengthen it, we need to relax it, or we need to do whatever, but it's all about the pelvic floor. And that, uh, you know, like, narrow point of view, kind of like, uh, stuck people into a position that we cannot help people. It doesn't work. You know, like, stop looking at the pelvic floor. Exactly. <laughs> just, just look at the whole thing. Like, and there's the, there's the experience out there. There's the science out there to tell you to look at the other places, but we're still stuck in the pelvic mm -hmm. floor. And I'm like, you know, I, I, that's the thing that I'm trying to tell people, you know, like look other places, like it can be anything. Yeah. Especially this, this idea where they are examining, you have an issue, pelvic floor issue. You've been examined and tested and everything in the public floor is fine. So they, they come back and they say, you're fine. And you're like, but I'm not fine. Right. So I'm this crazy person with this weird body. Or again, did the science or did the professionals fail to look elsewhere. What, what is the, what is the rib cage, but an inverted pelvis, right? It, the same exact thing, you've got the diet, et cetera. So if we, we have to consider again, that the entire container. Yeah, it, or the, it's and the, actually uh, a container, a whole, they, it, yeah. it's like, it's the whole thing, like the abdomen, the low back, the diaphragm and the pelvic floor. It's a, it's a complete structure on its own. So it's like, it, it, it would be like fool to believe that only the pelvic floor is affected and not the others. 
Right. And, and even if you think about, you know, yes, there's gravity, et cetera, but just again, like if I had a balloon and it was leaking out the bottom of the balloon, instead of looking what's going on here, I would, it's logical to be like, what's happening at the top that is making this thing go in that direction. So balloon analogy. Um, but yeah, so so look elsewhere, guys. Look up. Look at that xiphoid. <laughs> yes. I'll stop recording uh, right now. <laughs>